The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host and the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Gracious God, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight and fruitful for our faith. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's talk about humility today, something that wasn't there in our first reading when it comes to God's people and something that Jesus zeroes in in our gospel reading. I can say with all honesty that this week in our staff meeting and our Manna Bible study, we probably had the best discussion of humility that anybody's ever had. I'm really proud of it. <laughs> I can't think about humility and not remember, and I apologize, I grew up in the 70s, early 80s, of the song by Mac Davis. I'll sing it. <laughs> oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror. I get better looking each day. Sing along, to know me is to love me. I must be a heck of a man. Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble, but we're doing the best that I can. I was so excited when I knew I was going to preach on humility. We'd sing that together. We're doing the best that we can. How do you work on humility? How do you not then get proud about how hard you're working on humility? It seems like there's a catch-22 here. 
We have a turned inward side that no matter what we do, no matter how we work on putting that old turned inward, proud, look at what I accomplished person to death, that old part of us just clings to everything we do. And yet Jesus is very clear, if you humble yourself in this life, you will be exalted. If you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. Paul is also clear. He says in Philippians chapter 2, he probably quotes an early Christian hymn when he says, have this mind among you that was in Christ Jesus, that although having equality with God, he didn't count that as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking form of a servant. And then it goes on to say, God has highly exalted him, the name above every name. Jesus will also say, Gentiles lord over others their authority and their power and their strength, but it shall not be so among you. So Jesus is clear. Paul is clear. The New Testament is clear. We clearly need this exhortation today. Leonard Bernstein, the late conductor of the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, was once asked to name the most difficult instrument to play. Without hesitation, he replied, the second fiddle. I can get plenty of first violinists, but to find someone who can play the second fiddle with enthusiasm, that's a problem. And if we had no second fiddle, we'd have no harmony. It's not hard to find examples of pride and a lack of humility in our world today, but I suppose we don't really have to look any farther than the mirror. Lots of folks bragging about their accomplishments. Lots of ways that we celebrate a lack of humility today. But I won't go into all of those. I'm sure there are plenty of examples flooding your mind even as I speak. But this is where I want to bring in and remind us of what Paul clearly teaches and what Luther really holds up, that there are two U's. We've talked a lot about this. There are two U's. There's the old, turned inward self, and then there's the new, Christ in you, the Holy Spirit. Now, if you wonder, some people think that we don't have this anymore when we're Christian, but then I'm not a Christian, because I still got the old that clings, and, and, we, and you know when this happens. Anytime, I can tell you this, anytime you're keeping score in your relationships, that's the old part. Took out the garbage how many times this week? Did the laundry, etc. The old part of us keeps score. And then there's those moments when no one notices the great thing you did. I mean, you worked your tail off in the kitchen, you made this event happen. And no one even thanked you at church. It hurts. It stings. 
We should say thank you. We should express our gratitude. But when we get that little in our craw, no one noticed. No one said anything. No one appreciates me. That's the old. That's the scorekeeper in you. I wonder if that's who Jesus isn't talking to today. That old person who keeps score, who wants some recognition, who likes the flowery statements. I wonder if that's who Jesus is speaking to, to keep in check today. Hey, let me give you a piece of wisdom, old self. The more you exalt yourself, the more humiliated you're going to be. That's the way it works. And the old self, the old Adam, the old Eve needs a good check, a good piece of exhortation. But you know, the interesting thing is, is that I think the new self in us, the Christ in us, hears what Jesus says about humility and we just go, oh, well, of course. You know, think about the sheep and the goats parable. Did the sheep know that they had fed Jesus or clothed him or visited him? No, they didn't even know they did it. When did we do this, Lord? Well, when you did it to the least of these. Oh, you see, the most beautiful thing happens when we are in Christ is that the old Adam is put to death, the old Eve is put to death, and the Holy Spirit fills us, and it just flows. It just happens. It just happens naturally. We just have the mind of Christ in us. It's a gift, and that mind works, and we start emptying ourselves and pouring ourselves out without any care of whether anyone notices or, or anything. <laughs> but like I say, we have two U's, and these keep battling it out our whole lives. So we need Jesus' words as a church, as, a, as individuals, people in many different kinds of relationships, friendships, etc., work, etc. We have two U's, and so we need Jesus' exhortation and the call to humble ourselves in the sight of God. Let me just ask you this. Maybe the biggest example of our problem with humility today, and who knows, I may get in trouble for saying this. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> the biggest example is our inability to have civil dialogue today about whatever. See, humility, I don't think it's like not saying what you believe. God forbid. I mean, I think we need to enter those conversations. We need to have some serious conversations today about a lot of stuff. I mean, in my household, we've been talking about the student loan debt relief thing. And man, we've been going at it. But what if we had those, those conversations with just enough humility to think, you know, I might be wrong. I might have a view that needs some correction from the other side of whatever argument it is, or whatever discussion, whatever conversation. I mean, can we enter it? And I'm, I'm the worst at this. You know, in my household with my mom and my brother, and now, of course, in my, my family, they call it going crab tree. <laughs> Enough said. So... 
I'm, I'm guilty. But can we enter and have those conversations and thought, you know what? I might be wrong. I might be wrong. My goodness, wouldn't that be something? I'm not saying you don't say what you believe, but maybe that's a great sign that we need Jesus's. Um, when we have those discussions, have you ever you think about Jesus's parable about the dinner table? But do you go for the place of honor in the discussions? I'm going to get mine across. <laughs> or do you wait and then you take the low spot and you say in a gentle word, but with passion, <laughs> your view? Maybe that would help us. Maybe, we, maybe the old in us, the old Adam and Eve, needs that little bit of a critique. But I, I have to wonder, it, how do we get out of this catch-22? Because, you know, the more you work on your own humility, where are you looking? You're looking at yourself. i got to be more humble. You're still focusing on yourself. How do we get out of this trap? How does true humility happen? St. Augustine wrote, two kinds of love, there are two kinds of love in the world, the love of self to the contempt of God and the love of God to the contempt of self. How do we forget less of, more and more of ourself? Um, that's that old turned inward part. How does that keep getting put to death? Man, I've been thinking a lot about this. So... Maybe it happens, maybe we get humbled when we go to a dinner and we know we don't deserve to be there and we don't have a leg to stand on. We have no honor or stature to bring to that dinner and yet we get invited. If we know, in other words, that in the dinner, the feast of life, and certainly within the church, that we are here without one drop of our own merit. And the old in us says, you mean there's nothing to keep score of? What am I going to do? Die, get out of here. Oh, I'm here by a pure gift of grace. I mean, we do love these stories. On Friday night, I'm still a little hoarse. Katie and Sandy and I went over and watched the Mariners, first time in years. If you're a Mariner fan, you know what happened. Extra innings, 11 innings. And of course, fortunately, not like yesterday, they got in the winning run. And there's the mob at the, it was a walk-off. I can't remember I seen a walk-off in person. It was cool. But something happened at the beginning of that game. If you didn't know, this weekend they're celebrating Ichiro's induction into the Mariners Hall of Fame. But something interesting happened at the beginning of the game that might not have been on TV, I don't know. And I had not seen this clip before, but evidently during Ichiro's career, at some point, there was a fly ball he played right field and going into the right field stands, but just barely, and he goes over to get the ball. I don't even remember if he caught the ball, but there was a fan right there, a young lady, um, a young woman, and Ichiro kind of bumped into her, and then he started to go away after the play was over, but then he went back to see if she was okay and kind of touched her, you know, like maybe on the arm. And this woman was so excited. 
and she's talking to her friend. Did you see what happened? And, so, and, you, and we're seeing this on the big screen. And evidently, she's become famous as the Ichiro girl. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. So before the game, before the game, guess who got to throw out the first pitch? Ichiro girl, now she's a young woman, <laughs> and she got to throw out the first pitch. But even better, they introduce her, she gets on the mound, and then guess who walks to the plate to catch the ball? Ichiro. And Sandy and I are crying. Tears. We're weeping. When I think about what's happened to us as the gospel of God's love in Jesus Christ has come to us to forgive our sins, to make us right, to defeat death for us, that, that we've been included in this. It's like that young woman who got that touch of Ichiro, and she said, I can't believe it. That's, but even more so, I mean, the one who created everything that exists has actually come and touched us and chosen you and I and said, I want you at my table. We don't deserve it. We got nothing to bring. He doesn't need anything of ours. And yet he's chosen us and, and put us out there in the world, on the mound. <laughs> That's the good news, folks. And when that you get that, when that happens to us, I don't know that I even need to think about being humble. It just happens. Amen. Oh,